0: Well, good evening. It is good to see you tonight, and I hope you're doing well. In May of 1986, I was not born yet, but I had a vision of this happening. I had gone off to graduate school in January, and I came back home to Tennessee, and I went to go see one of my friends and, that I'd grown up with, and when I got there, his older brother was out there, and they were farmers, and they were messing around, and, and Jack looked at me, and he said, Chris... You're growing in the wrong ways. I'd put on a little pounds during my academic studies that spring. Did you not understand what I, you're growing in the wrong ways? And uh, I've hated him since then and realized how politically incorrect that was. But you know, I'm going to tell you something, you can grow in the wrong ways, can't you? Uh, your pants, some of your pants feel like that tonight. You understand what what I'm talking about. But we can grow in the wrong ways in a lot of ways. Well, this evening, in Luke chapter two, we're going to look at how to grow in some great ways. If you don't know, we are ordaining Braden Hilton and Luke Cock and Josh to the ministry. Jason Brown, where's Randy Null, and Lane, oh, there's Lane. They kind of got me right here in the middle where I told them to sit. I'm so proud of you guys. We're ordaining those three to our deacon body, so I'm going to be challenging them but I'm going to be challenging all of us because it's, this is a word for, for you and for me and for all of us. You know, the, the story about Jesus, if you've been in our church and probably your church, uh, in, in December we looked at his birth, right? And, and, and the weird thing in the Bible, from, from his birth to eight days, we know what happened, basically. And then from eight days to 12, we have no clue what happened in Jesus' life. The Bible tells us nothing. And then at 12, we see this incident, Uh, In chapter 2, verse 41 through 52, it says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up. They went up uphill from Nazareth to Jerusalem. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, uh, returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know. Now, he's 12. But supposing him to be in the group that went on a day's journey... But then they begin to search for him among their relatives and acquaintance. Now, pause with me. Is this not a scene out of Home Alone? <laughs> we have a picture from Home Alone, I think, Jamie, don't we, of our, our good little... Well, I thought we did, of our little Kevin from Home Alone. There he is. How many of you are familiar with those movies? They've been on 842 times in December, and they, they're great movies. But you know, the parents leave the kid. They go overseas, and he's at home in Chicago. I don't want to kick Joseph and Mary, but that's kind of weird, isn't it, that you left your kid? And uh, well, I guess we get to heaven. We can talk to them about it. Verse 45, but when they did not find him among the family, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And After three days, do you read that? After three days, they found him in the temple, and his father whipped him unmercifully with his black belt that he had bought at Walmart. That's the Craig version of what would have happened sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? They didn't understand what he was saying, what he meant. Now, Brandon, uh, you may not even remember this back a few weeks ago. Brandon said, "You know when we get to heaven, or we wish that that Jesus would have left instructions because Jesus never sinned what is normal childhood behavior for your kid versus sinful behavior because Jesus was a normal human in that respect, right?" So understand when they sin and when they're just being kids. Amen? You, you parents understand that. But you know what? I'm telling you, Joseph and Mary were special people because most good parents would have whipped him good, wouldn't they? But they didn't do that. They didn't do that. In verse 51 and 52, it says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive. That may be the key word to this story to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. The word submissive means to put under. It means to be subjective to someone. It, it's, it's obeying them, it's following someone. And verse 52 And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Verse 52 is all we know about Jesus' life from age 12 to 30. Is that not incredible? I remember years ago, I was at a, a grocery store in the tabloid magazines. There was a, a, t- a magazine with a front-line article, secret documents reveal Jesus' life as a teenager. I had to buy it. So, I bought it was nonsense. But, it's t- you know, Jesus got mad when he was playing with his friends, and he'd make a, a rake, uh, uh, levitate, and hit somebody in the head, you know, or, or he'd win all the games. You know, it it is just nonsense. But what's interesting, and, folks, this is really something, Guys and all of us to get a hold of. All we know about Jesus' life from twelve to thirty is here, but I want to tell you it's packed with some stuff. He grew in stature and wisdom, and in favor with God and man. I want to tell you three ways you need to grow. You want to be a great minister? You too. Not optional. It's not optional. You want to be a great deacon? Not optional. You're not a Christian, you come to Christ tonight before you leave here. That shouldn't be optional. But if you are a Christian, these things are not optional. These are ways that we are to be constantly growing. Listen, if this is what Jesus was doing, getting ready for his public ministry, and he kept doing during his public ministry, you and I ought to be sold out to the process, right? Let me give you these three things. Number one, keep growing in wisdom. Keep growing in wisdom. And Jesus... The God-man, we don't understand that completely, obviously. Walked this earth 100% God, 100% man. As a man, Jesus apparently had to learn and develop just like we do. And Jesus increased. In other words, he wasn't born with the supernatural memory of all the book of Leviticus. God bless him if he would have been. But he, he increased... In wisdom and in stature. Increasing in stature is easy. I get tickled. I see these commercials that say, they interview these people. I tried for years, couldn't gain weight. I bought this product for $100 a month and I put on 20 pounds. I say, you give me $5 a week, I'll fatten you up. You won't be healthy, I'll put weight on you. Amen, can you help me with that? It says Jesus increased not only in stature, but in wisdom, now if you're taking notes, the words here are, are great. The word increase means to grow or to advance. It means to drive forward. It's, it's literally the picture of a pioneer chopping their way through the jungle or through the forest. In other words, you aren't going to grow in these ways without effort. It's not just um and it just comes on you. You're going to have to decide, I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in these other two ways. I'm going to do what I have to do, my part, so God can do the supernatural. The word wisdom is such a great word. We're in a, a wisdom series on Sunday morning, so my church people will be hearing a lot about this in the days ahead. Wisdom is, 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 is sense. It's, it's skillful. It's prudent. It, it's knowing how to do life well and properly. A lot of people have PhDs that do not know how to do life well or properly. But wise people know how to do life skillfully. I've, I've got uh, something I saw today that was talking about wisdom. I think these are, are pretty good insights on wisdom. Nothing is foolproof to a talented fool. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Think about it. <laughs> Y'all really don't get that? Borrow money from a pessimist. They don't expect it back anyway. If at first you don't succeed, well, you try and you try again. Then you better give up skydiving, right? Think about that. Worried about y'all's wisdom. You need to laugh at those jokes. Make me feel better. Make me feel good about your wisdom. Think about this. Here's the Son of God. From 12 to 30, and I believe he was doing it before that, and I believe he was doing it in his public ministry, was stretching and pushing and chopping forward to get wiser, to get wiser and more skillful in life. Let, let me share with you, ministers and you, deacons, and all of you, how do we grow in wisdom? I'll give you two thoughts with this. Number one, you stay teachable and submissive towards God. You need a teachable, submissive heart. Towards God, there's no way you're going to grow spiritually without that. I, I love verse 46. when they came back to Jerusalem and found Jesus, He was in the temple talking to the religious leaders. I, at 12 I'd have been at the arcade. I'd have been peeking in some girl's house or something at 12 years old. back before that was considered weird. <laughs> I wouldn't now. I'm a pastor. Don't you find it neat where Jesus was? How many of you are too big for church? Luke fourteen, excuse me, Luke four sixteen. I love this. It says, "And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue. That's the Jewish version of the local church on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. You know what? That the nutshell of that verse is: Jesus went to church every week because he knew that was huge to him, growing in wisdom and who God wanted him. To be, in in our previous church, Cindy and I had a, a church member, dear friend, he's in heaven now, named Harry Garvin. When I was his pastor, I was in my mid early to mid thirties. Harry had already been a missionary to, uh, international missionary to Uganda for 30 years. He had a bachelor's degree in Bible, a master's degree in theology. He had pastored in America. He'd pastored our church at one time before I got there. I'll never forget when I would preach. I would watch Harry sitting over here in his 60s, taking notes to everything I said. Wow, how humbling that was for me. But how his desire to to grow in his wisdom and knowledge was always there. You're going to grow by being in church. You ministers have to be. You get paid to be. But everybody else, it's part of the gig. In prayer, Luke 5, 16, man, this is such a great verse. It says, but Jesus, in another translation, he would often withdraw to quiet places to pray. And, of course, we know Jesus studied and knew his Bible. You've got to keep your lives humbly under God if you're going to grow in wisdom. Humbly under God. But here's the second part that a lot of religious people miss. We've got to keep a teachable, submissive spirit toward others. Toward, uh, isn't this harder? Isn't this harder? Listen, I went to graduate school for seven and a half years with preachers. I know how we are. We're not humble a lot of time. Oh, we're humble before God. We're just not before other people. You're not humble before God if you're not humble before other people. You're not going to learn and grow in wisdom if, if you're arrogant and you're prideful. I remember a guy telling me years ago, he said, Chris, a lot of people are like concrete. They're thoroughly mixed up and firmly set in place. Amen to that. You want to grow in wisdom, you've got to be teachable. Here's an ugly word, and correctable. Don't you like that? Teachable's better. Let's just be teachable, right? But that'd be a major step forward for many of us. If you want to grow in wisdom, if you want to be like Jesus, and you want to continue to grow and be the deacon and the minister and the Christian and the dad and the mom that you are called to be, you have got to put yourself in a position to be humble under God and humble under other people, be teachable, and be a learner. H.L. Mencken was a journalist and an English scholar in a previous generation, and I love, sadly, a quote that he says. He said, the older I get, the more I realize the foolishness of the saying that, that wisdom comes with old age. Wisdom doesn't come with old age. There's a lot of old fools. I'm pushing that border, I guess I could say. Wisdom comes when you make a decision that you're going to strive to let God and other people build into your life and you become who he's called you to be. When you feel like you've learned it all, and you, you you might as well go on to heaven because you're useless here. Grow in wisdom. Here's the second thing. Keep growing In favor with God. Man, I love this. How many of you want God's favor on your life? You better want it. You better want it, man. You better want it. Verse 51, he says, And he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth, and he was submissive. To his parents. Part of this favor. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Remember what that word increase means? It means to grow, but it means to advance forward with effort. It's the pioneer chopping through the mountains to get to where they're going. And it says he grew in favor. I love this word. It, it, It means joy. It's really a joy you give someone else. It's positive approval. It's the benefit or acceptance of someone. Don't you want the approval of God on your life? The favor of God on your life? For God to look at you and smile. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be acceptable to God? It says Jesus grew in favor with God. Wow. How does this happen? It doesn't just happen. Let me tell you how it happens. You better stay surrendered to God. You better stay under Him. You better keep your life submissive. Listen, I, I understand the idea of, of surrender in culture is defeat. How many of you know what MMA is? Mixed martial arts. Four, it's, how many of you know what MMA Raise your hand. I just feel like my church is lacking mentally in so many areas. I ask them Sunday, how many of you made a resolution? We had about 1,000 people here. Three people raised their hand. And I'm one of the three. My daughter's the second one. In mixed martial arts, if you tap out, you quit, right? You surrender. You you say you're defeated. And and you see shirts that will say, Jesus didn't tap. And I'm sure glad he didn't. When he's on the cross, he didn't tap out. He didn't quit. But sometimes the best thing you can do, well, not sometimes, all the time, is tap out to God. Some of you are lost tonight. You need to tap out and surrender to God. Some of us are saved, but again, we're, we're, we are not living under the favor of God. And we need to re-surrender and tap ourselves out to God. Listen, you surrender to God. You love God. Jesus said in Matthew 22, what's the most important thing? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. How do you do that? You just love God with all your being. And all these go together. Surrender, love, prioritize. Listen, You want the favor of God in your life? Don't work God into your life. Let God be your life. Let Him be your priority. You work everything else around God. That's not how we do it in American Christianity, is it? Randy, you're a pastor. You know my pain. We we come to church if it fits the schedule. We don't say, I'm going to go to church and then I'll work everything. Am I correct? We're doing that same thing, I bet, with our prayer and Bible study. You prioritize God as number one. You love Him. You prioritize Him. You know, it's interesting, until you obey Him, obviously that goes hand in glove. I wish when I was a baby Christian, deacons and ministers, somebody would have explained to me, ultimately love is obedience with God. And you want the favor of God? Here's the cool thing. God's never going to stop loving you. He may spank you, he may take you on to heaven. He may punish you. He may let your sins find you out. He'll never stop loving you. But love and favor are two different things. You see, if you're a parent or if you can think like a parent, you're going if you're a good parent, you're going to always love your kid, correct? But I'm just going to be honest with you. If your kids an idiot, they're not going to have your favor. Am I right? I I warn my kids all the time, if you want that inheritance, you better straighten up. (laughs) That's favor. I'll hug you and love you, but favor's different, right? Jesus grew not only in love with God, but he grew in God's favor. I love John 14, 14. It says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I hear people quote that all the time. It's a great one. They forget verse 15. It says, if you love me, you will obey me. They go together. Jesus not ATM asking my name. But by the way, you better be living obediently. John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I tell you to do. I grow in favor with God. You grow in favor with God when we obey God. James 4, 10. James four ten says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Always remember, you can be too big for God to use you. But you can never be too small. You can be too big to receive God's favor, but you can never be too too small. Best way to get to God is on your knees and to stay in a humble position. You know what my church needs and your church, wherever it is, needs and you guys need and and, and you need need the favor of God on you. And, And listen, we need the favor of God ever increasing on our lives, don't we? It's available if we'll do the right things and be the right kind of person. And the next thing it says about Jesus, by the way, remember, these are the three things Jesus was doing. We know before his public ministry for 18 years, we need to keep growing in the favor with others. We need to keep growing in favor with other people. And Jesus increased in wisdom and statue, but he was religious and he didn't need people. That's how a lot of religious people are. No, it says Jesus grew in favor with God and man. A lot of religious people stop at God. Remember Matthew 22, if you're taking notes, they asked Jesus, what's the most important thing? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But he didn't stop there. He goes, the second, I'm surprised they didn't say, we didn't ask for two. But he said, that these, you can't have one without the other. You've got to love other people like you love yourself. And then Jesus ups the anode later. And he says, if you're a Christian, you need to love people like I love you. That's really tough because he dies for us. You and I need the favor of God. And we need the favor of other people on our lives. Remember this little words here in this passage that mean everything? Jesus increased intentionally. Favor, acceptance, and approval. This isn't talking about being a people pleaser or not having a backbone or just, I want everybody to like me. Then just sell ice cream and don't ever challenge anybody. Seriously, you can't lead. You can't be who you're supposed to be. If I want everybody to like you and and you're not going to ever, you're going to upset people. But the goal of the Christian is not to be a jerk where you're upsetting people all the time. The goal is to love people and and to find favor with other people, to be respected, to be attractive. Did you know as a Christian, you should be attractive for Jesus Christ? A lot of us aren't, are we? You're thinking attractive in a a wrong way. Here's a, this is true, not good. Newsweek magazine several years ago had an article. These are findings about, about attractive people. Physically attractive. 57% of hiring managers believed an unattractive but qualified candidate has a harder time getting hired. 68% of hiring managers believe that once hired, looks will affect the way managers rate an employee's performance. 59% of hiring managers advise spending as much time and money making sure you look good as well as your resume. 64% said that Judging people this way in business is fine. Folks, it's tough being one of the attractive people, but we do have an advantage, don't we? See, I just want to see if you're listening, some of you. You know, here's the cool thing. Do what you can to to smell good and perfume up or pretty up, whatever. That's, That's fine if that doesn't become your God. But, man, you can be beautiful from the inside out. That's what Jesus is talking about here. You, you, we all know somebody that's handsome or that's pretty that's repulsive. That's not favor. God says Jesus grew in favor with people. He was attractive. How do you grow? Hey, Luke and Braden, you're minister. How, do you, how are you going to grow in favor with people without compromising? You deacons, you need to. You, you're, you're servants of the church, of Jesus Christ, all of us. How do we grow? In favor with other people. How do how do we do it? Well, we love them. Isn't that interesting? 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. People will overlook a lot of the stuff in your life if you love them. If you love them. Love people. I, I don't know how you define Jesus. I try to define him from the Bible. And I, what I'm fixing to tell you is absolutely right. Jesus... He stood for truth, he had a backbone, he was courageous, but he was sweet and he was kind, he was gentle and he was tender. Galatians 5, and 23 are the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that we belong to Christ. Nine qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When you look like that, people are favorable towards you. Love people, kind to people. Let me give you another thought, listen to people. Listen to this statistic. As a book, High Energy Living, they did some pretty intensive questions with people, and they said 95 percent of people say, and their conversations with other people, they're not being heard. Wow. I love the cell phone, but it sure has made it worse, hasn't it? How you doing? I'm doing great. What you think about the church tonight? Oh, it's good. What you doing, Charles? Oh, I was texting during church. I, I don't know. I didn't. I'm fixing to jump off the balcony. Okay, we'll just land on a soft pew. I and mean, we're like that, aren't we? we? We just don't listen to people. You know, if you want to grow in favor with people, love people. Have, be truthful. Have a backbone. Be courageous. Be sweet to people. Hey, listen to people. Give them your ear. Be humble. Be humble. 1 Peter 5.5 five is a great verse. 1 Peter 5 says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another. For God opposes, he doesn't show favor, he shows opposition to the proud, but he gives grace, favor to the humble. Humble yourselves. I think you would all agree that, that pride is not and arrogance is not something that attracts you to other people. Uh, someone said years ago that, that arrogance is the only disease that makes everyone sick around you except the one who has the disease. That's correct, isn't it? You want favor with people? Be humble. If you're great, you don't have to tell everybody. They'll figure it out, won't they? If God in Jesus Christ <laughs> was humble... Jamie, you can throw Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 on the screen if you want to. This is what Jesus said about himself. Take your yoke, my, my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am arrogant, strong, religious, Baptist, non-denom, in heart. And you will find the rebuke you're looking for in me. Wrong translation. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls in me. When you're like that, you draw favor from people, don't you? Man, we need to grow, increase in our favor towards other people. I had Brenda, my, my assistant, look this up. So if it's wrong, please call her tonight and correct her. We found different things on different websites. I'll talk to Dr. Sanders after church, and he can give the ultimate saying. But Dr. Oz, he's on TV. He has to be right says that your nose and your ears keep growing. Did you know that? You stop at some point. Well, maybe not your belly, but I mean your, your height, right? But your ears and your nose. Now, some websites say no, but his said, said they do. And that's kind of unfair, isn't it? That's like men losing hair on their head and it comes out on their back. That's just not fair, is it? That's God's judgment on us, isn't it? <laughs> you might can curtail your ears and your nose through some surgeries but who cares ultimately but I tell you what wisdom, favor with God and favor with people is not going to happen automatically but it can happen and oh to have the favor of God to be wise to have the favor of others on our lives it's what God wants for you five it's what God wants for all of us this evening, if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, tonight's your night. You come you come in a moment and give your life to Christ. If you don't want to walk the aisle, I'll meet you at this door after church, and we can do it then. But you do it tonight. Maybe you'd like to join our church. We would love for you to. You can do that after church. You can come and do it when we stand. Listen, you're a Christian. Maybe where you're standing, maybe at the altar or praying with the minister, you just need to say to God, God, tonight I'm saying I want your favor, I want your wisdom, and I want favor with others. God, help me to be like you, Jesus. Let's stand, and as God leads you, you come. We'll be waiting on you.